Hey, what's going on, guys? Nate and Philip here with another episode of the Pokey Talk Podcast, number 11. And this one is going to be all about the time to buy. Is now the time to buy because the craziness has calmed, prices are down, people think it's the end of the world, but I think there's some buying opportunity. What do you think? I would agree, and I'm by no way biased since I just bought a highly desired card to my collection, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Short answer is yes. I think it's great in time to be in the hobby as a buyer. Yep. My my short answer is I'm always buying, and now is not the time to sell. So, yeah, that's yes. Sure. <laughs> <But> <laughs> we definitely have different areas that we agree on that are good to buy and not to buy in right now. So it depends what you're going after. And uh, yeah, we're going to touch on all that, of course. I do want to say again that um, if you're watching on YouTube, which there's not many of you, you know, mostly focused on the podcast aspect of the show, but we are not doing like the image on the video itself anymore. Instead, we're just doing the links in the description on everything we talk about. So just check down the description, no matter where you're at, and it'll have links to everything we touch on so you can check it out yourself in more detail. But with the news, I mean, we got a couple small things. Um, I think we wanted to just quickly mention the Evolving Skies Japanese set, a.k.a. EV Heroes, is basically all but confirmed to get a reprint and uh yeah what you, what you think about that yeah it began as uh just some whispers uh some tweets through unreliable sources and some a little bit more reliable but unconfirmed and it just kind of grew from there and it seems like there's more and more information and then uh there's been several uh sellers of japanese product have basically all but confirmed that there is something coming yeah. In September. I think it was mostly stirred up between distributors. And mm-hmm. so, you know, they're not very out there with what is known, but I think they have talked to some of their buyers and the news of all that is kind of trickling out. And Japan side of Pokemon has never done this before where um, not too long ago, they've actually apologized to the Japanese people about the Evolving Skies print run. And, uh, you know, they didn't apologize to everyone. They just apologized to the Japanese (laughs) market. Because with the hype and all, I don't think they, you know, it's obviously nobody expected what happened, but there were so many people out of the um, U.S., you know, buying these things. It was the the time where people were dabbling in Japanese cards and EV heroes is like the best set within the last five years. So it was just a perfect storm for that to happen, but we do want to touch more on that in the main topic. So we're not going to go much more into it now, but times are changing and reprints are probably coming. So we'll talk about what that means. Yeah, it's. Uh, I can only imagine what else might be on the reprint agenda. I mean, we've we've said this before, but essentially anything released uh, 
basically March of 2020 and onward. Even Actually, even before that, because if it was on the shelves during that time, it's also uh, a potential reprint suspect. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. And, uh, yeah, it's just going to be weird going forward. That's one area we'll have to talk about for sure. Mm-hmm. But in other news, we have Ludkins over in the UK side uh, pretty much announced on their page that PSA UK is now a thing. And they're not two separate things, but they are actually combining together. So Ludkins UK has became PSA's official branch in the UK. So pretty awesome yeah, news there. Yeah, I think this is great for collectors as a whole because it streamlines the process. We've learned firsthand with our cards that the extra layer of communication and independence as uh, distinct two separate companies until now, mm-hmm. and um, at least in the American side, causes headache, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah, and they just have that extra layer. They had a tracking service and all that, which... I checked on um, a lot of people have been having trouble getting to the tracking service through Ludkins now. So maybe they're changing up that stuff or creating some way where people can like check their orders through PSA themselves. That would be cool if you could have like the order number and then just check the status of that order number through PSA. Um, So, yeah, there's all kinds of things that could happen. Um, as of now, it's just the UK branch, and we'll see where that goes from here. But I guess uh, for the main news topic, though, we kind of want to get a little more in-depth with this. It is about the infamous metal cards from the Celebrations UPC, the Ultimate Premium Collection. And uh, we do have another update on these. Um, at the time of listening, this this came out about a week ago. Um, but yeah, we got some big updates. And uh, I guess we'll start by just kind of going through the updates. I'll mention the original one. I think, Philip, you have the one where they updated in early May. summer. Yeah. And, then, yeah. Yeah. and then we had a new one. Um, yesterday as of recording this on the CGC Instagram. But essentially for anyone who doesn't know, um, there was a metal Charizard and metal Pikachu that released in the Celebrations Ultimate Premium Collection. Awesome cards, very unique. They never really made metal cards like this um, to this extent in the past. Um, So just a very unique product. It's like the highest tier of card from celebrations on the English side. Um, there was also two gold cards in this box, a Pikachu and a Pokeball. So just a really cool product. People were excited to grade them. You know, you know how that goes. There's been a problem though, out of the box. Some of these cards have had chips on them. There's little ink blotches where it's not like a normal ink stain, but like a bump on the card, like just the like epoxy or stuff they use that can like bubble up. Um, it's really weird to see this. The ones I opened up, it actually has a small bubble. Um, and while they were grading these, it didn't seem to affect the grade very much. Um, a lot of these were still getting eights and nines, whereas you would think something like that would really bring it down. But I think I it think was fact, pretty normal. 
Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I think the fact that they basically all had it was something that worked in the favor, at least in the, in the grading process. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to count off when or deduct points for, 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 the, for grading when every single, nearly every single one of these cards had the same flaw. Yeah, if like you took 100 cards and like they were all 10 quality, but some of them had an ink splotch or like the little bubble, like it wouldn't knock it down bad, but it would keep it from getting a 10 essentially. Like that's the main thing they look for. But they wouldn't keep it from knocking it down too much further than that. Yeah. But an additional problem is the paint chips, which we've seen from some YouTubers, their openings and just getting damaged. But there hasn't been an official announcement to what exactly the problem is, but the way they word it, it pretty much looks like the chipping is the main issue. But here's the original statement. It says, orders containing metal cards from Pokemon Celebration's Ultra Premium Collection are being delayed while CGC Trading Cards adapts its holder. So essentially, they just put a hold on these cards. They didn't send them back. They were just holding them. They were expecting to have an update pretty soon. And this is in March, like March 4th. So this is pretty much, you know, a couple months after celebrations, graded cards were starting to roll back to customers. They've kind of had this problem. I'm sure a lot of customers were complaining about it and, you know, sending off cards and getting them back with chips, I think is the main problem. So then they just released a statement that they're delaying it. Um, yeah, they basically just say released in October 21, includes two metal commemorative cards. Unfortunately, due to the manner of which they are manufactured, the metal cards are very fragile and can easily be damaged in transit. So I'm sure it's not just the transit, but it's the sealing process as well. Yeah. And, you know, this is something where it's not just CGC, but it's PSA as well. And yeah. yeah, I would be interested to see what they're kind of some of the things they're trying to play around with. Because I would wonder if you'd almost need its own unique holder. Yeah. But even, the, but, and then, I mean, they would almost have to like create something specifically for that card. And. I don't know if CGC finds that worthwhile because it's the only card that would require such a process. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and keep in mind too, PSA is having the same problem. We're just reading CGC statements because they're generally more transparent. But yeah. this is a problem for everybody. Um, and so nothing on CGC for this. No, no, not at all. And something else that. I would be interested in seeing is because of the unique construction of these cards, I do hypothesize or wonder if there might not be a potential chemical reaction as well mm-hmm. when these when these things are sealed or the inability to seal them properly. Yeah, just the way they worded that and just being fragile like I think it's all chipping now, but not gonna lie, I thought about that too with the chemical process. So much, in fact, that 
like when I opened mine, I put on like rubber gloves. <laughs> so the, the ones sitting in my collection right now haven't been touched by like human skin. Um, cause yeah, I thought about that too, but turns out there's a even bigger problem with the chipping. Yeah. Like I'm no chemist. I can't exactly, you know, describe it. I'm not exactly knowledgeable in that field, but it's yeah. just, it's something that you, I mean, as, as a collector, just as bare minimum, sometimes you just got a little bit of collector paranoia and or storage paranoia and maintaining your cards and making sure that they are mint and that they are, they don't get, you know, in some cases, mold, if it's an area with moisture or if it's an area with a lot of humidity. It's just, it is something that I do wonder might become an issue. Yeah, and my knowledge of it came from coins. Like, yeah. a, a big thing of coins, mm-hmm. which you know too, is uh, the toning, the like changing of color of the metal, you know, just like, the Statue of Liberty changing from bronze to green, like that happens in coins and it's from the exposure to different atmosphere chemicals and the chemicals on your skin, moisture on your skin. And so, milk spots on silver. Yeah. Like silver toning and you see it a lot on silver, but you know, it's just, it's just a thought. It might not be any problem at all. I'm sure they thought about that, but if you have well, chipping, I mean, <laughs> it could be I, in the surface. I would like to think that they thought about it, but it's also something that could have been overlooked yeah. in the process. Like we're we're just trying to do it for collectors, you know. We're not necessarily thinking about what this product's going to be like in ten to fifteen, twenty years in terms of quality. Yeah, I mean, but imagine it's, it's definitely possible made, though. Imagine if they made like pure silver cards, like oh one one ounce silver like cards. Actually, actually made by pokemon company oh my god and then like they you'd have some that toned well and like you could get yeah it'd be awesome i mean yeah right they they, kind of do some things like that on like the poke center it's not cards but on the poke center uh, website they've occasionally had silver coins and i think they've even had like sterling silver or not sterling silver it's basically silver plated i'm pretty sure uh plated uh spoons i think too or some sort of kitchenware. Yeah. And the coins, I showed you that one time, and, you know, it was tempting, but the problem was it was only like, it was a very low percentage silver, and it was like 200 bucks yeah. that they wanted out of it. And it was, I forget the percentage, but it wasn't, it wasn't even the majority of the coin. It was just like basically silver plated, a little bit more than silver plated, and that, that was it. But yeah, if you have paying the ultimate premium on top of the silver price, so I mean, it would be those things would be paying a lot of money because they would hold value at bare minimum, just in the precious metal category. But if you also have uh, the collector value, which you know with coins, but in this case, there's more individuals that I would say. I, I shouldn't say that. I, I I would believe there's more individuals that collect Pokemon than coins. But yeah. Still hard to say with that, because it's a it's like it's mainly older individuals that collect coins. Not necessarily older. Like I still collect silver and some coins myself. So like I'm kind of one of the uh, cross. Like if you do a Venn diagram, I'm right in the middle for for both. But yeah, I have a little bit, but not much at all. Just a small box. But yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what happens with these. Um, 
that was the original update. And, you know, they, of course, had a statement due to the fragile nature of the metal cards cannot be held responsible should any damage occur. And I think it was just like a PR move to just say in transit. Like, I think it could happen in transit. It could happen at PSA. It could happen at CGC. It could happen sending back from PSA or CGC. I think all around they're just fragile and just shaking them, hitting the sides of the graded case could damage them. So still on hold. But what did they say in the second announcement? I mean, pretty much anything worth noting in there? I mean, it's essentially an update on the process. We're still conducting extensive research and solutions. And there's basically customer service statement regards if you don't want to wait you can have it returned if you want all graded fees will be returned and it's just more of a reiterating of for the fragile nature of these metal cards they can be damaged and basically just saying like we're trying but we're still we still have no clue <laughs> yeah that's the uh long story short there gotcha but the interesting see i think it's interesting with these cards because, as you've mentioned, as we've discussed before in private, once that these do become gradable again, you can speculate, will that increase the price of, say, the UPC and the value of these cards? Mm-hmm. And then I think that kind of, we can take that and just lead into is now a good time to buy and just go into the UPC. <laughs> Yeah, I do want to mention, so essentially like the second update was like, hey, like here's like a more official announcement. I think they gave like a May 2022 date where like they're going to try to have it figured out. And this other update was May 3rd, so two months after the original one. So kind of a long time for people who are sitting on their cards, you know. And so they basically said, you know, hey, if you want them back, you can contact customer service. But I almost think the second announcement was a problem because they said, you know, our best estimate is that a solution will be in place by the end of May 2022. So if you're sending this out like just a month before that, people don't want their cards back. Like they want to just leave them there. It's going to be another month. So in order, they don't want to get their cards back just to have to turn around and send them back in in a week, you know, and then they lose their spot in line. So I'm, Curious to see like how many people actually got them back because in the same announcement they said, Hey, we're just like three weeks away from having a solution. And uh that fast forwards us to yesterday, which like I said, gonna be about a week by the time you guys are hearing this live. But this is in July, <laughs> so another month and like a week after they said there's gonna be a solution. Many submitters I, have been waiting for further updates. Uh, I would yeah. say, I think people that are familiar with CGC kind of knew that was, was not going to be the case because they were very similar in their process and communication with their population tool. Like, mm-hmm. it's almost here. We'll, we'll have it by uh, the end of next month. We'll have it by the end of the month after that. And and generally, pretty much the case for like half a year. (laughs) Yeah, generally they are more transparent, so they're trying to be out there, which is good. But 
I mean, with this this specifically, I mean, they it took a little while. Because so well, you now, also, oh, go ahead. I want to say you you also don't want to say because your customers will be like, oh, just give me back my card. So you don't want to say, okay, and we really have no clue what we're doing. It might take three, four, five months because we really aren't sure. Yeah. But you you want you want to be a little bit more positive and as beneficial as you can towards the customer Mm -hmm. and not just like oh sorry like we have no clue just be patient but don't don't request your cards back please we want your money you know yeah so (laughs) so so i i think that that may have been part of the reason why they said may because they're like well if we tell them may a lot of people aren't going to want to back anyway but yeah but then they can't like fall short of that deadline especially by a month, you know, they should have released a statement like that week and like, Hey, we're still working on it. But instead we got one at the beginning of July. And like I said, it said many submitters have been waiting for further updates. Unfortunately, after testing the first proposed solution, so they had a solution that this was like, you know, going to be the May thing. Um, After testing the first proposed solution, it has been determined that CGC trading card standards for safe and secure encapsulation have not been met. Thus, CGC will continue to develop and test holder adaptations. So this is the first time they acknowledge that it's kind of a problem when they actually encase the card and whatever they had to test is not good enough. So there's something happening when they're encasing it because it, they said CGC standards for safe and secure encapsulation have not been met. So there's something in that process that is causing them to chip more or something like that. Whether that be when they seal it or just the handling, placing it in there and doing like testing of the case, who knows? Yeah. It's yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see. We'll have to just pay attention to their updates then. Yeah. Yeah, and one thing I was going to mention too, like a lot of people were like, you know, thanks for the con or comment um for the adults in the room, appreciate your communication because I think they did get a lot of hate. <laughs> so, cuz you got a lot of comments, so what about my metal cards I sent in December or January? Would those have been graded or no? Well, Pokemon Collector 96, if you're listening to this, you can call customer service and get those back, but they're just going to hold them until a solution is made. (laughs) So that's what a lot of people are, you know, people who just sent them in who aren't so in the loop in the hobby are like, well, maybe they're just taking a while like everything else. But with these specifically, they're legitly just holding them and they will grade them when the solution is here, but... If you want them back, you have to contact customer service on that second update. And uh, we'll have that linked in the description as well. So, but yeah, we'll go into uh, if it's the time to buy those as well, because that's another interesting thing. But yeah, we knew this was going to be a good topic for the news, and we'll touch on it again in the main topic. Let me actually write that down so we don't forget specifically. But... Yeah, we'll mention the metal cards situation and the EV heroes reprint specifically, as well as all of our other stuff. But 
Yeah, anything else you wanted to add on to that? or That's it. Yeah, so with that, we'll just jump in to the main topic and get to talking. So I guess since we mentioned those, we can uh, we can just start with our general thoughts and then uh, then we'll talk about those two things specifically, I guess. Well, obviously, I believe, well, first off, I want to say we aren't telling you you should buy whatever it is that you're looking for and giving you bad financial advice. That is not what we're doing here. Uh, we're just merely suggesting that if you are wanting to buy things in the hobby and are able to, it's, it's a good time to do so right now. And it will probably be like that for a while, mm-hmm. especially anything that's modern and even Wasi, especially Unlimited and even, I mean, even some first editions for non-base sets is relatively affordable, honestly. I know Shadowless, I was, I, I had to do a double take when I was going through it was just a few, it was just like two or three days ago. I was going through um, just base set, just seeing what, what some things were because I was looking for some, some of my cards that are going to be eventually coming back. And I saw, it was basically like a PSA 6 Shadowless Gyarados, and it was it sold for like 30 bucks. Yeah. Shadowless, 30 bucks. A hollow. <laughs> Gyarados. <laughs> I mean... I, I had to kind of do a double take to make sure it wasn't like one of those eBay things where you like it's uh, inexperienced sellers will often just autofill everything when eBay helps you fill out your, your listings and not properly editing the title. But no, it straight up was Shadowless. Yeah. It's so interesting, too. I mean, just the market in general, you know, we we almost saw Pokemon be first. Like, out of all things, just think about that. Like, out of all the market hype, yeah, the like stock market itself was kind of heading up. But what did people want to buy first? And really, the Pokemon boom. Like, a lot of people just thought it was a Pokemon boom. No, it was an everything boom. You know, we had a crypto boom, Pokemon boom, a watch collecting boom. You know, vintage video games, NFT spawn (laughs) off of crypto, you know, just everything went wild and Pokemon was the first to go down as well. So Pokemon is almost leading this surge of like obscure markets or random asset classes of collectibles. So with Pokemon leveling out, which is kind of the trend we've seen, like, you know, in general, it's a really good time to buy. A lot better than any other time in the last, you know, two years for sure. And just depending on what you want to buy, you know, is another thing. I think a lot of the cards, like the Watsy cards that went so high, it's probably the best time to buy Watsy. And it could be, you know, this... Let me just say, like, the time right now reminds me a lot of, like, pre-2016, going into 2016, and then post-2016. We saw a crazy hype in 2016 with Pokemon Go and Evolutions. We thought it was crazy at the time, but anyone who was in the hobby before 2016, you know, a lot of people say we just got lucky, but no, we were just buying because we loved the hobby. Um, 
And then we saw a nice increase in 2016. Cards came down slightly, but no matter what, like the card value floor was 2016. You know, cards never went down what they were before that hype. And I think that's what we're seeing now. Cards have came down a lot, but pretty much all the cards that I look at, you know, they haven't dipped below what they were pre-2020. So we have a all we have is just a new floor, which is higher than before. So over the years, this has happened like that many times, whereas like we have a hype, things cool down, but a new floor is set. And I think we're on that new floor now and I think we'll see a much more healthier growth now rather than the craze. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, in any market, that's a must. You need that sort of correction. It can't keep on going up, 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 up. Eventually, what must come, what goes up must come down, you know. So this is a more healthy market. It is in some ways recovering, I guess you, you could say, from the massive influx and unmanageable hype that occurred. And I think for those that remain and those that are continuing to enjoy the hobby, I think it's a great time to be a part of it. For all the, there's a lot of people, even me, when I first came in, uh, I said, oh, "Man, I wish I came in sooner." But you know what? Now is now is still a good time. It's not. I mean, it's not pre 2016. I feel like overall, in some ways, it is like you mentioned. But you also can't be. You, you, I mean, you're not being able to get first editions, first edition Charizard for relatively cheap in comparison to what it is today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, so there is, I mean, there, yes, the market being good doesn't necessarily mean that you're getting earth-shattering deals that are going to be groundbreaking in, in six years. Yeah, and, like, people didn't see this coming. Like, it wasn't until 2021 where people were like, all right, this can't, like, keep continuing, right? When mm-hmm. people were starting to get, you know, a little burnt out. But in 2020... We talked about this last night. We literally had big YouTubers telling people to open a credit line (laughs) to go into debt in order to get capital for their Pokemon card collection because they were going to make so much money. Like, that's where we were. (laughs) So, obviously, that can't continue. And that's the most horrendous business advice I ever heard also. And I do think in a lot of ways there is still, we are in this grace period, this like this waiting period. Because there's still, what, over 2 million cards still at PSA and in the backlog. And we've discussed ad nauseum what percentage of that's probably Pokemon, and it is a very good percentage. It's probably the largest percentage in the backlog because it Pokemon was sent primarily through the value tiers. Mm-hmm. So it's safe to say that there's still many, many individuals that are waiting to exchange their capital that they have invested and sell what they what, what they get back with all the grading fees and whatever before they transfer that money to other areas within the hobby or even potentially take it out of, of the hobby. And I think it's going to be a while before we see another bump and I don't think we're going to see like a hype. I'm just saying, I think we could still for the next six months, see another bump, like six months to a year, I guess you can say from the capital being redispersed to 
the individuals who've already spent so much money and aren't spending much right now because they're still waiting for that to, for their cars to come back. Yeah, and like I think of the people who did like go into debt, like so just take the majority of people, they just like had their cards, they sent in cards in 2020. Some of them still don't have them back. Some people did take that advice. They went into That's debt. Us. Yeah. Well, yeah, we do still have cards. <laughs> but we've graded since then. Like I sent a couple express and all that, but a lot of people who were just like one and done and out of the hobby now, they just sent in cards in 2020 and they're still waiting on them. Like those are the people I really just feel bad for. The people who got back into the hobby, they were all excited and they're still waiting to this day. So they're having a really bad experience with the grading and now their cards aren't worth anything. They probably overstretched themselves or spent money they weren't expecting to to grade them. And yeah, when they get them back, they're the good thing is it's been so long. Like if you went into debt, like with like a credit card, you had to make payments on that for almost a year and a half now (laughs) where hopefully they just paid it off to where even though they're getting less money back, like when they get them back, they don't have to throw it into two year old debt, but there's going to be a lot of people who are going to have to. I say I saw on the uh, subreddit. Uh, I, hang, I hang out a lot in the Pokemon TCG subreddit and a few other discords. But in the subreddit in particular, I was reading how somebody's sending off because of the eighteen dollar PSA Club member deals that just went just was sent out to PSA Club, club members, and they're like, "I'm gonna. I have a two hundred car stack ready to go." And yeah. And then it, more in, like, as the conversation continued, he said, the first three times were a miss where I sent 100 plus, but this time, the fourth time's a charm. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I hope I hope you learned something, man. I hope you learned something about what you said. Yeah. I, I mean, I know I have too, and he obviously, if you're saying it, if this is your fourth year of 100 plus, you obviously have enough money to do so, I would hope anyways. Um, and I, you know, I'm not saying there aren't individuals that did go into debt. I'm sure there were and to get things graded because they saw the money, but I just don't know what percentage that was within the hobby. Yeah. I, I don't Definitely know if it was a plurality a or not. Chunk, yeah. Or like, a lot of people, you know, spent it like, even if they didn't go into debt, they were expecting to get them back. You know, even worst case scenario back then, six months. So they're like, well, well they may I not have went we were... into debt, but they put in a good chunk of money to where like, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna really want this back in six months to a year. Yeah, I'm glad we sent those two orders because if we didn't, I, I mean, I didn't go into debt to send things off, but I was kind of planning on using that money for basically to, to, to move I was planning on going balls of the wall, getting everything, like, knew everything pretty much, because uh, it's been a while since, since I left. But that didn't happen, so I, I was able to get the first cards back and be, being able to still get some g- good stuff. But, uh, yeah. but you know, I was I was in a good situation, you know. Some in- individuals might not have been in as good situation as I was, but... Yeah, and instead, for me, too, instead of buying, like, overpriced cards, like, it was a good way for me to put money into the hobby and to just grading stuff. Yeah. So, like, which now it's good to buy most stuff and 
you know, great stuff now with the $18 tier open if you're willing to wait. I think they said like 150-day turnaround on that. So half a year, basically. Yeah. Like you sending it in and then, I mean, yeah, you send it in and then mail it back unless you overnight it. I mean, you're basically looking at six months. Yeah. Which is not bad compared to standards. Well, we've, <laughs> I would say, but well, we, we've been waiting on going on, what, 21 now or something like that? Yeah. So. That's what still doesn't make sense to me. Is like, so we contacted our grading service. We did do a third party for these bulk submissions back then. And they essentially sent us out an email that, you know, hey, you were upcharged. Here they are. Let us know when you pay them. Paid them immediately and it's been like two months or a month and a half. So we just assumed that, you know, all these orders that PSA got swamped with, the middleman services are also getting swamped with back now that they're returning. So we just figured, you know, well, we're just waiting on that. But turns out they haven't even got the order back from PSA. And we assume that's because we're bunched with some other economy level or bulk orders that haven't paid their up charges or it's just taking that long for PSA to send them. We don't know. Well, and it's interesting is how we were grouped with other sellers. And you've mentioned before how these one-off people saying it and to get graded, their cars to, to be graded. You have to wonder if, if maybe there is difficulty in reaching some of these people. Yeah. And we might be paired with Johnny, who just sent off his Champions Path Charizard, his one card, got up charged, and now the email he made just to sneak sneak it off to grade from his mom, like he doesn't have access to it now. <laughs> like it could be some weird situation. So, like, yeah, what do they do? They just, I mean, ultimately they have to have like a a thing in place just for their customer relations. Just like, you like, don't have to, yeah. yeah or they can are, just pay it and get it back, and like we'll hold your card for even like three years or something. Well, there should be a. They should have. I don't know if you sign a waiver or anything, but there should be a timetable. Like if you don't pay within twelve months or something like that, um, required fees. The cards, like you, forfeit the possession of your cards. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Like if if you don't respond for 12 months after they and they give you an update every single month about trying to get your cards at what point do you just say well this person clearly doesn't care anymore yeah and i mean even like insurance practices like i have a family member kind of in that business but i mean their record keeping i can't remember if it's like seven years or ten years even if it was something like that I mean, being a long-term business and, like, you're in the business because of the hobby, if you have a good outlook of the hobby, you could look at, like, oh, I'll have this card in 10 years if the customer doesn't reclaim it. Like, that would even be a good business practice just to allow you to pay their fees just to get the card in the business, and then it can just sit there. You know, you're operating at, like, a long-term loss, until that collectible is either paid for or handed over. And, you know, it's a long time to wait, but, I mean, you'd be getting the money back, you would think, and potentially a lot more. It's also, you can say it's potential use as collateral, depending on what the cards are. Yeah. Like, if you ever would have to 
liquidate everything, like you're trying to close it down, I mean, and you are in possession of these cards after X amount of years, then that could be used to potentially clear debts, obviously. But, you know, co- collectible market isn't very sound in terms of yeah. investing money in it. So it's very volatile. It's so good... not something you shouldn't necessarily depend on, but still, there is value to it. And if you're knowledgeable of the hobby, you are well aware of that. Yeah. And some, like, it'd be releasing funds. Like, they would look at it as, like, a fund class. And they could, like, just sell it off to put it back into company debt. Like, yeah, the first seven years would be rough because you wouldn't have any of that paying off. And there'd be a lot of money up front. So maybe that's why it they don't have a policy. But, like, when that seven-year mark. Seven years. Yeah, when that seven-year mark seven is years. here, like, you would think every month you would have something turning over to your business. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't even do seven years. I would do like two or three at most. Well, but, you probably have to do longer just to protect yourself. But Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of where graded cards are now. So, I mean, it's still getting to the topic. I mean, it's still worth grading for the value. Just you got to be patient and you got to wait for the right tier the days of like speeding things through express and flipping them. That might still be the case for new year sets, like the first week, but yeah. See what I'm doing personally is I'm finding things that I believe will be good, good cards to potentially send into grade in the future and not really worry about trying to be first in and up fronting more capital to keep this, this train going. Yeah. And I'm looking at things that I can make moves now in five years, not where I can make money ASAP. It's more of the longer game, more of the safer game, I would say, as well, because mm-hmm. it's it's like, you know, live fast, move fast mentality. And that money is how you a lot of times will end up in a loss because you're acting impulsively. You're not thinking. Yep. Yeah, in general, yeah, that's that's a good thing to to follow. And a lot of that impulse was, you know, 2020 in a nutshell. Um, so yeah, I guess looking back at Watsy, I guess we both kind of agree it's a good good time to buy Watsy. Mm-hmm. Really, anything Watsy, even if I mean you don't. It's really up to what your personal goals are in terms of the overall quality. But what 2020 showed us is. In case of a hype, anything Watsy is fair game for it to go through the roof. Uh, obviously, it becomes more risky as you go lower in grades, but it seems like anything will go up in terms of Watsy in lieu of a hype. But that's just all a speculation on my part. It's just so weird, too. Like, Watsy is the stuff that's. Always going to be guaranteed to have value. Everybody wants it, no matter how little that value is. You know, everyone wants a base set. Base set Charizard, for example. Everyone wants it. It's it's like low now. It's still pretty good compared to like 2016. Um, but yeah, Watsy, it's always going to be good to own and good to have. But it's also subject to the biggest swings. 
So it's going to, during the hypes, it's going to spike the most. During the crashes, it's probably going to come down the most. Because there is a lot of it out there, but also a lot of people want it. So we saw things go through the roof because so many people wanted it. That was the main driving factor. And now people who want it basically have it. And now we're seeing a big old crash. But yeah. uh, it's always good it's to own. so much of it. Yeah, the only bad time to buy Watsi, in my opinion, is when the hype is just insane. When it when everyone else is just driving the hype like it was. Uh, maybe you want to look at your options, but uh, it's always gonna be regulating itself. Well, we we were just looking last night at base set unlimited Charizard and PSA ones going for two hundred plus PSA one unlimited. Yeah, and we we you know we discuss on this show how many PSA nine unlimited Charizards there are, and there's a lot. I forget the amount, but it's uh, it's something like ten thousand, if not more. It was something ridiculous. Uh, I'm actually gonna, I'm, I'm kind of curious. Uh, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people want them, and, and it's just one of those things that's always gonna have value. Because yeah, for people that can't afford the Shadowless in first edition, they're gonna go for the unlimited. And for a lot of people, they just want the, the card for either the history or, in many cases, the nostalgia. Yeah. Like, th- that's the one card I mentioned before, but that's the one card that I would never, ever sell is my base set unlimited Charizard. I know it's not crazy. It's not a first edition. Ooh. But, I mean, it still has a lot of sentimental value to me. And that sense of value is more than any monetary value that can be, be placed towards the card itself. Yeah. I with this something else we were talking about, like the Charizard in my binder set could have a shot at a nine. And if I graded that, I don't know if I would sell that either. I mean, it's not the very first Charizard I had, but it's like it was in the base set that I bought when I got back into the hobby in like 2008 or 2007, whenever it was. So like I bought that whole set for 60 bucks. I remember and so I would just keep it because of that. Like, that's just iconic. And it was one of the cards I bought getting back into the hobby. Because just like everyone else, you go for base set first. But I was, I was going to say, it's uh, I was able to look at the PSA pop report. Yep. And there's about 7,000 PSA 9s. Dang. So, yeah, and crazy. there's 30, yeah, there's 35,000 graded total. And that's just the unlimited. So, yeah. the fact that it still has that value, even like $200 a pop, even a PSA 1, I think that says something about really Charizard's strength in the hobby, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, the... Uh, so, yeah, we both kind of agree on Watsy. What do you think? I guess we'll move up the line. Uh, what do you think of, like, I guess the Neo fits into the Watsy... It's still a good time to buy Neo. I don't think yeah. Neo was able to fully shine either. I don't think we had long enough time for people to get their original goals to hop into Neo. We well, kind of see it increased, but I still think I was, Neo was undervalued. I mean, whenever I was buying to do the sets, the binder sets, I don't have necessarily all the the hollows just yet for most of the Neos, but I have the pretty much the entire, for all the Neos, have the entire non-hollow set. 
Mm-hmm. And it really wasn't that expensive to buy. I did, in some areas, try to go near mint, so it did kind of creep up a little bit. But it was still relatively affordable. I think it was like, the Non Hollows was like maybe $500 because I was going towards near mint, if that. Yeah. I, I know the hollows. I did. I did the math on even the hollows, like three hundred bucks potentially. If I really wanted to get some, like basically, I'm taking a damaged Lugia or you know or Umbreon. But sometimes, a lot of times with those damaged cards, it's technically damaged, but the card is still in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. So you can get great deals, especially if it's just meant as a binder copy. Yeah, there's still some good deals out there, especially now. So like. Neo is the same way as base. It's always going to have some value. In general, the hollow cards of Neo have always been more expensive than the uh, like base set, Jungle Fossil especially. Um, that's always been the case. Maybe during the hype, the originals kind of outshined the Neos, but now that things have settled down, we're seeing that again. You know, Umbreon from Neo uh, just really... It's an expensive card, just even damaged. It's over $100. So you can yeah. buy a lot of base at hollows for under $100 now for the same condition, especially. Um, so, yeah, they're they're kind of back to the way they've always been. They're outshining in raw form um, just because the, they have cooler art. I think most people can agree they went from the more basic art to a more evolved art style and a lot of people especially Neo Destiny. Yeah, a lot of people were getting out of collecting and yeah, Neo Destiny's art really stepped up the game. And then going into Expedition Aquapolis Sky Ridge, mm. that was a whole other yeah. topic. Some of that generation's uh set artwork was some of the best in the entire TCG. I'm not saying the sets overall are like the best, but like overall yeah. Really, really strong artwork, and it's those. But those sets are expensive, like fifty dollars a hollow. <laughs> yeah. So what I what I was getting at though, it's like Watsy in general, the earliest stuff rose the most, crashed the hardest. Neo did the same thing, but it wasn't as bad. And then when you start getting into like Neo Destiny, Expedition, Aquapolis, Sky Ridge. Those things were already expensive, and they didn't go up as much. They still went up a lot, but they also haven't came back down a lot. So if you look at Watsi in a block, like the waves get bigger, and then they get smaller. So like they're still waves, but they didn't go up as much. They didn't come down as much, whereas like base set went up the hardest, came down the hardest. Um, just like an interesting infographic there. And I think that stays true all the way up, even through evolutions. Like if you look at the end of Watsi, so I think it was the EX Ruby Sapphire and EX Sandstorm, like those sets entering into the Pokemon era of the hobby. If you took that same mentality or that same reasoning I just explained and spread it out all the way up until, um, you know, the set right before Evolutions, you'd see the same thing. Like, there was waves across all sets, 
but it wasn't as much of a rise because a lot of people haven't either discovered those yet or didn't start collecting them yet. And so naturally they didn't have the explosion that we saw, but they also don't have the crash that we're seeing now. The more interested area, like base set, saw the biggest change, whereas like, yeah, like diamond and pearl base set really hasn't seen a huge increase. It's a nice increase, but hasn't seen a huge drop either. Yeah, it's, well, you know, that's the era where almost everybody in our generation that felt like was out of the hobby by yeah. then. And the lost era. Yeah, and it's not surprising that that era is having a very, very slow, slow roll. And I almost feel like we've seen a higher increase with the level X era in some ways than we have in that era. And mm -hmm. I don't know if that's, if that's partially because of kind of this whole year or whatever of honoring that era with the Arceus, and now we're having a lot of the sets that are collaborating with Arceus and the Shining Diamond and Pearl. I think those sets, they remind me a lot of like the pre-2016 in general that I explained earlier. A lot of those sets have been stagnant for a while because they just hardly anybody collected them. And they're really nostalgic for me because that's when I got back into it like the level X cards and all that. But uh, it's like they, this time around, they saw the increase that everything else did in 2016. Things were real stagnant, and then that kind of shook things up. So now they're like at a healthy spot and going to be a slow growth. And so that's pretty much like what everything else went through that was like base set for 2016. They had already had that shakeup, and then 2016 just sent them up. Whereas, like stuff that hadn't had the shakeup, like Diamond and Pearl era, you know, things got stirred around. So, overall, I think it's just a real healthy spot in the hobby. Um, and for me, 100% worth it to buy right now. Anything up until Evolutions, for sure. 100%, especially if you're in it just from a collecting standpoint. Um, yep, base set all the way up to right before Evolutions would be a winner for me. So Basically everything, anything that you couldn't find on the shelves. <laughs> yeah, anything uh, that's like safe from a reprint, essentially. Well, in Evolutions, I mean, that's not going to be reprinted, I don't think, anyways. I guess you can't say... Never say never nowadays. Yeah, um, I would add, but, you know, I'd have add evolutions into that. So base set through evolutions. I mean, in evolutions, it's we already know how great it, it's it's become, and I mean, I know the first order I sent off, like I didn't know as much as I do now in the hobby, and I sent off it was basically Wahatsi and evolutions. That was pretty much the bulk of what I sent off. Just like everybody else. And that's the main reason uh, why I would include Evolutions, not because, you know, it's like, it's such a great set, which it is a great set, but it's mostly because everyone is getting those cards back. That's what most people sent in. So, like, we might be seeing the all-time low, 
And for people who want evolutions, like what, what better time to buy than when like the supply is so high. And I think it'll go higher again because it's just one of those sets. And uh, no matter how much is printed of it, like base set, it's always going to have some value. So, yeah, that's yeah, why I would like, include it, because there's just so much of that available right now. I can't see it. You know, maybe I wouldn't buy, like, the common cards, but if you're wanting an Evolutions Charizard, even though there's a shit ton of them, I mean, now's a great time when people are trying to compete for that sale, because there's so many of them. I think the yeah, full art is sitting I mean, at sixty bucks or fifty-five or sixty bucks now. Where it was I'm 100. actually looking at them. Yeah, I'm actually looking at them right now. The evolutions. I don't know what happened with this one, but I don't know <laughs> if an offer was received or not because this uh, evolution Charizard is three hundred bucks PSA nine. But most of them are around a hundred bucks in, in in auctions. I would never do auctions personally for something like this, but that's just me. Um, just because right now it's such a great time to buy. If you do auctions, you're gonna you're a good chance you're gonna get the customer is gonna get a, a great deal and it's gonna leave you with lost profit. Yeah. Um, but I I just also don't do auctions in general. Uh, just because by and large it's proven to be worth it. I get more m money than what I would get from the risk of losing out in auctions. Um, yeah, but. But no, it's, I mean, all all the Charizards. You got the Charizard EX for nine, for less than 40 bucks. You're looking at the the Mega Charizard EX, you're looking at 40 bucks. The Reverse Hollow, I mean, you're looking at even less than 100, 80 bucks in a, or a lot of these. And you can even get less the Hollow for less than 100 bucks. So the, and the, I see that those prices for Evolutions being like that for a while. Because there are a lot of people that sent off those Charizards to be created. And it will be consumed by the market. I have no doubt in my mind about that. The problem is it's going to take a long time for that for that to happen. Yeah, just might have to wait. But just like with Base Set, I mean, it took, yeah, it, it took, what, 20 years for that to kind of be consumed to where we saw the big uptick. Granted, every, <laughs> like everything is moving faster nowadays because the hobby is just so much bigger, but mm -hmm. sometimes you got to wait, but yeah, it's, it's something if you like, it, I mean, it comes to opportunity costs. If you're trying to think of things that would be good to like flip or anything. I, I think if you're, if you want to be as like a collector in the hobby, I think just, just buy it. Don't buy it with the intention that like, Oh, you're gonna make money off it. And in time, if you just buy it just to hold on to it and cherish it, whatever. And then later in life, if you decide to sell it, it yeah. probably would be a decent, I mean, I don't want to say you'll make a lot of money off it. Cause I don't think you will, but I mean, I don't think you'll take a loss on it either. If you wait 10 years to sell it, I'll, I'll just say it like that. Yeah. You just gotta be like, you know, eventually you'll win if you really believe in the hobby and you're just buying it because you like it. That's what I've done. My, whole collecting career and eventually you pick up insights that are good for your collecting like for example like I've been talking about finishing my binder collections and that being my number one priority goal for one and a half years now <laughs> so a long time and I still buy other stuff before collecting the binders but you know during the hype 
I decided to put more of my money into like more unique promos because I thought those were kind of safer than set cards. And thankfully, like it ended out working for me. So now I could buy those set cards a little cheaper. But uh, so like stuff like that, you'll just pick up. But there's always going to be areas when it's the worst time to buy. There's going to be areas where it's a good time to buy. You just kind of have to look at the whole thing. Um, if you're more surface level collector where all you want is base jungle fossil, then yeah, you got to watch out for times like, you know, the hype. Um, I know I have a lot of friends today who were interested during the hype, but they never really got into it. And now that things have cooled down, I mean, they're, they're collecting pretty seriously. Um, so it's, it's really cool to see like that it, it all the interest that it sparked and all the fear that it may have sparked by like things going down there's also an upside to that where it's now made the people who were uneasy of joining in the hobby like more confident in jumping in like they saw the potential and now they're having a chance to jump in because things have cooled off and uh, I was going to say I think that's I the case say a lot for of people that- yeah, and I say a lot of people that are really worried about prices falling off a cliff are the individuals that are looking at everything as an, an investment, quote unquote. And I mean, those people aren't going to stay long in the hobby, anyways. Yeah, not really, not really, really long term. We aren't going to say any names, but there's kind of a few YouTubers that are starting to be kind of like that. And it, all in all, it's it's good for. The hobby in general, I mean, everything is going to have those um, people in it. Those are the people who are going to buy stuff and they're not happy and then they just sell the card within a year. And in turn, you know, they don't gain any money. They get out of the hobby. The card goes to someone who probably got a little better price because someone just wanted to get out. And then the guy who bought it ends up winning the next time things go off. And then the guy... Who sold is going to be the guy selling, well, if I would have just held that, if I would have just held that. Everybody in the hobby has a story of if I would have just held that. (laughs) So you just got to, or I I wish I would have been sooner, you know, just with everything else. So I luckily don't really have that yet, but I do have a few situations where it's like, damn it, I should have followed my gut. The one being the special delivery Pikachu, and it was we were talking about it. It was only twenty bucks a pop, twenty five bucks a pop, and I was going through other Japanese promos, and I was telling you, this is this card is being slept on. It's going to go up. It's going to go up. It's going to go up, and I th- I, I had like a false memory implanted. I, I I swear I thought I thought I ordered like two or three more, but I never did, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, I guess like, I dreamt about it or something. Like I was so adamant that I did. I, I think I had, had a dream about it. And I was like, oh, I totally did it. And I was like, it's, it was in the other order. And nope. Nope. And that thing hit like $300 packaged during its peak or something like that. And ugh. Yeah. I mean, you'll you'll have them for the rest of your life. You know, I still have them. Same thing goes for me with you with the... Uh, evolution booster boxes (laughs) you know i was telling you like you should buy these and you should keep them sealed because they're gonna go up like crazy and that's when they were 200 bucks a piece wasn't it 
or the, two, was, the, a, the average well the average is like 300 per a box or something like oh. that three three thirty yeah and that, you got yours for average. like a little under well no the lowest one i think was like three hundred and like five dollars and then the highest one was like 360 or something like that but yeah it was yeah like like i mentioned Either before way. i got it <laughs> we just just like two weeks before everything went went crazy and i remember yeah, i didn't do it yeah, I remember that's when you were like looking for a deal and I was like, okay, like I legit thought about this. I'm like, people want the experience to open. Things are going crazy right now. Evolutions is going to become the number one thing to open. It's still affordable. You can get base set reprints out of there. It was a good set. The set's going to go crazy. <laughs> and I was telling you, I'm like, yeah, man, you should buy Evolutions and like keep them sealed and I didn't buy a single one myself but it's just because I I don't really care for reprint sets and but regardless like I knew it was gonna be a thing and those boxes went to a thousand dollars it's crazy yeah I mean it was about probably forty five hundred dollars that potential that I could have made if I just held and then sold at the highest level instead of opening pretty much everything because if you include the grading fees, it will be... I mean, I'll still, like, make m- money off it. But it's not going to be what it could have been. It's going to be more like maybe a couple thousand at most. Yeah. After the, if, you, if you consider, like, the, the, the grading fees and everything. But, yeah. I mean, it was fun. Like, opening all those packs. I mean, that's going to be nostalgic for me. I still have... Uh, I mean, I basically have a master set of evolutions, and I got some of the booster boxes still packed away. I got, I mean, they're already open, and I got a few pack cards still packed away. And, I mean, I'm going to have that for the rest of my life, I would think. It's one of those and, sets, too. I mean, it's like, like we said, no matter what the low is, the low is going to be higher than it was. And the, uh, Guess what the last sold Evolutions booster box sold for, even given all the crash and everything. And it's a beat-up box. <laughs> it sold for 730 bucks. So Yeah, so I mean, it's it's going up a little bit. I think it, it dropped down to uh, 600 after the hype. Yeah. Or I guess it's still staying steady, 6800 And that's something else I thought about, like, too. It's a great set, but so many people are buying them to open which is like what you did too. And, you know, you get it when you first get into the hobby, you want to open a lot. But, I mean, instead I was looking at some other, like, Japanese promo cards, which I still did good on. But, I mean, it's it's what you hear about, like, taking risk all the time. Like, if you got a gut feeling and you, like, know your stuff, you just got to jump in, and that's the stuff that pays off more. They can kind of get you in trouble if you're like just looking for something to jump in on, but if you have a natural instinct of something, yeah, you can just kind of step back and look at it and just go for it. Take some risk and. I was gonna say there are we were I was gonna say we were kind of like also talking about this last night how there's several factors that you can look at that if it has all or the majority of probably making a smart decision and that would be its scarcity its artwork its collectability its history 
And uh, so well, there's one more. I forget what it was. The scarcity and I don't know. There's one more aspect. There was five that I, I, I spit out that could all be included. And anyways, the na- natural collectability factor is it's, it's scarcity. If it, and the other thing is it's desirability that can be incorporated because of its artwork or the Pokemon in it. And the history within the hobby is something else that can be added to the collectability. So all these factors can work together to create a very, very consistent and steady price within the community. And if it has the majority or all of those, any decision you're thinking about making is probably a smart decision if it's based in objectivity like those. Mm-hmm. A lot of people go off the... Uh... You know, famous Scott quote, older, rarer, mentor, better. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like swagger, rarer, mentor, better. Because you can't just look at a card being old. It, it's a card yeah. having the swagger. Like, you know, certain Japanese promos. Um, the XY Festa style promo that you just bought. You know, it has swagger. And it's going to be kind of rare because it's in like a special box and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, you have some obscure promos that are really rare, but it also has to have that like swagger factor. It has to be a cool card. It has to be like a known card, a good story behind it. And uh, when you're first getting into the hobby, there's a lot of cards that seem like that, but you have to just kind of take your time and then... Yeah, you'll eventually get an eye for it. I mean, there's several cars that are under 5000 uh, made that are honestly very affordable because some things that are working, yes, it has like scarcity factor and it even has history factor, but it lacks the artwork. Like what you're saying, the quote unquote, the swagger. It lacks that artwork that collectors really, really want. A few of the cards in question that come up at the top of my head are the uh, WB Kids uh, Illustrator pr- promos. Yeah, those are you know inherently rare cards. Yeah, they are, I mean they're cool because they're they're kid artworks, right? They they submitted it, and it was these winners that were chosen. But they're basically the equivalent of common and rare or non-common cards in design. They aren't hollow. They don't have like ooh. See, there's like a Trico, and there's a, a few, few, few others, and not exactly ones that are clamoring that like I gotta have this, I gotta have this. I would like to have them one day because of the history, though. I think it's cool because it's like encapsulates what makes Pokemon so great, and it's one of the few uh, English illustri- illustrating cards. And I think it's it's cool that the fact that you have these these kids sending these cards sit in this artwork and. They did it because of their passion and love for the for the hobby itself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that really encapsulates what is great about Pokemon. And to me, that's what makes those cards collectible is that. But, one, not everybody knows about those cards. And two, it's not exactly all Pokemon that you want to have because the artworks, although unique, it's not exactly stunning. All, I mean, there are a couple, but not all. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of a lot of factors to consider. Um, I guess we pretty much covered everything as far as old, and kind of agree that it's a time to buy all that. But 
real quickly, I guess we'll let's do about another 10 minutes on the main topic and then talk about our two unique situations real quick and then where it wouldn't be the time to buy, specifically jumping into modern. So mm-hmm. what do you think? Like, I think time to buy for everything, evolutions and earlier for sure. But when it comes to modern, it essentially sums up to me, like if it's a set card, it's going to have a lot of hype at the get-go. As we've traditionally seen, you know, cards are pretty expensive following the month after release and then they taper off. Um, Nowadays, we do run into unique situations due to the grading thing because before it was the same way with grading. Once the graded cards came back, you saw the most expensive prices, but then more came back and then they dropped down. Um, We mentioned like the Greninja Gold Star before, how it's a great card, but instead of that being the case like it used to be, we might have multiple waves of cards coming back because as the tiers open, like the $18 card tier, people are now finally sending those cards off, whereas before they weren't. So we might not even, you know, see the true floor of graded cards, especially the cheaper ones, for quite some time after they're released now because people aren't sending them until later. So... For me, it's like on all levels, you pretty much want to stay clear of the modern sets right now. There's a lot of things in the works for Pokemon to really up their production to keep something like this from happening again. Everything is subject to reprint um, in the last two years, in my opinion. And you just never know what's going to happen. I mean, we're entering new territory the old way is done and I would steer clear of anything, you know, modern as far as like quote unquote investable stuff, but it's probably one of the best times to buy product. And when you find it on the shelves to open for fun, really good to open for fun. But if you're looking to make some money, I, I don't know. I think modern's a good long-term thing, especially alt arts, but Alt Arts is one of the few things that would be worth anything in modern, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm, I've actually been going through just out of curiosity to see where some Alt Arts are because for a lot of Alt Arts, I do think they will continue to, 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 to fall down, especially as more is printed. There's only a handful that are really, really holding their their value and or staying strong with, with, the, with their prices. And I think long term, or going forward, short term, I, I should say, you're going to continue to see the price even go down a, a little bit. The only thing that's really worth buying right now, if you want, is alt arts that you re- really, really like. Yeah. Other than that, a lot of these alt arts are going to continue going downward. Like the Umbreon VMAX alt art is still holding strong, but that 100% will go down when there's a reprint. And I don't think it's, it's, an, it's an if. It's guaranteed. All but guaranteed at, at this point. There's no way that they're the set in rotation. They aren't going to have a reprint when it's not even a year old. Yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest thing with modern, you know, everything modern alt arts and all, even though they are great value, I think they'll hold value forever, but like base set, you know, base set will hold value forever. It's, it's never going to be like seen as like the trash of the hobby. Alt arts are amazing. They're probably the best rarity of card like ever 
Like the artwork is amazing. I would like to collect alt arts. Um, long term, I think they're going to be worth it. It's going to be seen as like the gold stars or the level X's. You know, it's just mm-hmm. that level of tier that's always going to have value within that tier. Um, if you're looking to get into it, I would look at more of the key cards like the Umbreon. Like those will always outshine the rest. Um, but even the lowest ones like the Beedrill or whatever, mm-hmm. Altar, you know, they'll or always have value. Yeah. But. Like, there's a lot that have gone down pretty low to, like, 20, 30 bucks. But that's, in terms of modern cards, besides that, and I think you were hinting at it before, I, I, I'm not sure, but you were hinting that I purchased the uh, Precious Collection box for the end of the era promo, right? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I thought you were hinting at. Yeah, um, that one is also one of the few cards like that. Promos, Japanese promos, those are the ones that are going to hold value. But... Now, there was a three-week window where anybody, and then they extended it, actually. There was a window where anybody could have ordered one that wanted to, and there was a lot of English or Westerners that did. Mm-hmm. That E4 had a whole thing on it. And then there were several YouTubers that had a whole thing on how to make a Tenso account. So it's absolutely going to be more uh, more plentiful than other end-of-the-era promos. But yeah. it will still hold value long-term. I have no doubt about that. Yeah, it's one of those cards that has swagger. And if you look, like, some of the best, most iconic cards that everyone wants are, like, full art promos from 2016. They were hitting the nail on the head over and over with some of those full art cards. You know, all the ponchos, the festas, the Mario. They were just hitting home runs with those. And this is, like, one of those cards. This card looks like it could be bunched in with that group of cards. Mm-hmm. So, like, cards like that that just have a lot of swagger that are really cool and people want and are a nice art piece, yeah, those will always be up. I was going to say, because also, if you look at the Sword and Shield promos for this era, it is definitely a... I don't want to say... It's, I mean, there's no other way. It's a regression from the previous two gens. There's really no other way to to, to put it. Uh, the previous two gens of promos are probably the best ever in the history of the of Pokemon TCG. So it's hard to live up. XY being, in my opinion, the best ever for, for promos. Yeah, Sun and the Moon and has some really great ones too. It did. It did. Um, and it's hard to live up to that. But there are still some very, very good good promos for this for this era. And we mentioned the one, the, the end of era, but also the beauty looking back. Yeah. Special delivery Pikachu, and there's even some world tournament promos uh, that yeah. I think would, would would be good as well. But special delivery Bidoof with its story, yep, meme ability. That's another one. So. That's another one. Those are the cards if you're looking at like cards that will are more safer bets. Those are the ones right there. Yeah, even all the way up to like. You know, 2016, yeah, they're they're always going to be great. But leading up to the hype, I mean, any promo in there is pretty good because they were, you know, released in the same order. They were limited release. Um, even the Scream promos, I think they were 2018, maybe? Yeah, that's um, not right. They were Sun Moon. 
you know, limited release. Whereas now they're shifting. They're doing almost a, uh, you know, pre pre order to order. Like they open pre orders for a set amount of time, and then they meet that demand. Now, going forward, that means like the promos will pretty much still be one and done, but that one chance to get them is like open to everybody. So a lot more people will, you know, not be competing to get it. But by the time things come out, um, you know, there's still going to be a demand. So they're not going to be performing as well as some of promos in the past. They're just going to take longer to get there. Um, so that's one thing you do have to consider going forward is the new pre-order system that they seem to be going towards. Even for the Pokemon Go set, I mean, it seemed like they just open pre-orders and they're just going to meet that demand. So, yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see. But So you got to be careful with newer promos, essentially. But I think it's pretty safe to say to kind of steer clear from modern. It is a great time to buy modern to some extent if you like believe a card can't go any lower. Um, for instance, like set hollows. If you're building sets, I mean, maybe it's a great time to buy those, but maybe not buy the key cards, like especially if like reprints are lingering because um, it'll drive key cards down more than it will the normal set because the normal set has already been driven down pretty low. But if you don't mind waiting, it'd be worth to wait. So yeah, that, say, that's my only, take on it. Yeah, I was going to say, and the only sealed I would buy, well, now it's becoming a little more interesting with the reprints of EV Heroes, but the only sealed I would really buy right now, we, I know we've mentioned this several times, is the EV Heroes gem box and the UPC. Yeah, let's touch on. Yeah, we said we we're gonna touch on those specifically. So let's and we have let's it yet. do those real quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the UPC is. I think it's gonna stay pat for a little bit. Where it's at about three thirty. Yes, it went down to low two hundreds, and when it, out the gate, it was like four or five hundred. So I think where it's at right now is very healthy and very adequate. Now, I know you mentioned this before. And I agree with you. It's a speculation. But when CGC and PSA are able to grade these cards, they should see, or I would think the UPC would see another bump. Because that's when the value will be worth it again. It's still, the value is still worth it, in my opinion, with all the promos. Right now, 330 is still a solid overall buy. In fact, I might get one before the end of the year. I haven't quite decided yet. Um, but it's purely speculatory. It's something that I think it is limited. So, like, you know, the, the, the kind of stipulations that I suggested earlier were more for cards, but it can work for, for product as well. It's a, it was a limited release. It was an anniversary release. It was a, it's got Pikachu on it. So you already got that, that part with the Pokemon. Everybody, everybody collects Pikachu. It's one of the, you know, it's right next to Charizard in terms of profitability and collectability. Yeah. And it's got a lot of factors working for it. And it also has the unique factor, the swagger, if you will, 
as you mentioned, with the metal cards, that they have never done anything like this before. And right now, I think the PSA 9s for the metal cards, which is it's inflated, it is, because they're so it's very limited. I think I remember I looked a few months ago, it was like 1300 for a 9, and I think now they've gone down to like 800 for a 9, and you're seeing similar hype issues with it because, or not hype issues, but supply and demand yeah. issues with it. Because there's only so many on, on the market. I expect those nines to honestly drop down to, once they are, you can grade those again. I expect those nines to be in the $200 range, the Charizard being a little bit more than the Pikachu. Mm-hmm. I would think maybe 300 or so, maybe even cheaper in a nine. Yeah, but, it's, uh, it's my take on it. It's like when I look at new sets like i really don't buy modern i really don't buy new sets in general what i do keep an eye out for is like the special boxes now and unique items that are basically like a one and done i'm essentially looking back in like 20 years like of the sets that people love the most what is the most unique item in that set and to me the only two things i bought entirely during all this hype that was modern as far as product goes you know of course i bought a couple etbs here and there just to open for fun but as far as like stuff that i truly believed in the only things that i bought was the ultimate premium collection from celebrations and the ev heroes special box from ev heroes the japanese equivalent of evolving skies those two items to me were the really the only things that stood out um, you know, J- Japan has an equivalent special box for the UPC. They have the golden box. So that one's mm-hmm. a good one as well. Yep. But the fact that you get those metal cards in the English version, and that's never been done before. They're so unique. I mean, the English product for once definitely outshines the Japanese product. I don't know why they didn't do the metal cards over there, but yeah, it's, a uh, it's definitely a home run given the fact that there's those metal cards in there and the box is like such a great quality and an awesome storage box. You know, I store a lot of my packs that I just throw in there just for fun to have later. Um, it's just overall a home run product and very unlikely to see that reprinted. It was the least printed item because it's supposed to be the premium box Um, So I think it's safe in a lot of ways. However, if they, you know, the situation with the metal cards makes it like super unique um, on top of that, because so many people want those cards graded. I am dying to have the metal cards graded no matter what the condition, like I just want them protected and sealed off. But now we're running into this whole other debacle. So, it's not the time to buy those cards graded because I do think PSA and CGC will have a solution eventually. Um, so then, of course, everyone and their mother is going to be grading that card, and that will drive the graded copies down for sure. Um, it's just a really unique situation where it's like this is the only time we've seen this happen in recent memory where, like, those cards have just exploded even out of the gate because there's just no more being graded and people want them now. And so if they, for now. 
Yeah, if they're if they're opened up now, the graded cards will go down. So I think the best time to buy those would be like I don't know, three to six months after they open those up for grading again. Ooh, ninety three bucks. <laughs> for for the metal Charizard, they've gone they've come down big time. Yeah, look at the graded ones though. Well, that's, that's the supply and demand issue that we talked about. Yeah, you can get up. This one had all four of them, all four of the promos from the UPC for 150 bucks. Yeah. So let me look at it this way. It's in a unique situation. So you have the sealed boxes, the opened metal cards, and then the graded metal cards, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the sealed boxes, they're in a really healthy place. They're seeing some growth as we speak. So I think if you really believe in this product, it's never a bad time to buy this because this is going to be one of those things that's worth, you know, a thousand bucks down the road. How long it takes to get there, I don't know, but it's going to be a great product that people want. Yes, yeah, a lot of people, some people are still opening them for the, for the, for the price tag. Um, it hasn't gotten to the point where it's not worth opening just yet, in my opinion. It's still it's still worth opening. Um uh-huh. But a lot of people, you've seen them, a lot of people have like four or five of these. They got a lot of money invested into this one thing where a lot of other people are doing. And I I agree with you, it will hit 1,000. I do agree with you, but I think it's going to take a while because the whole mindset now is the sealed mentality. Yeah. So while it will reach it, it's going to be indicative of the metal cards increasing in price not the scarcity of the sealed product that is the UPC. See, I think, you know, I think it's obvious it's going to hit the thousand at some point, you know, whether we're talking like 20 years, but I think it's, you know, just for the fact of me bringing it up, every time I bring up something like that, I'm thinking like five years to 10 years. Yeah, it's kind of what I'm thinking too for it. I'm thinking like this is going to be a product though that is like for sure, safe to hit that point but i also think it's a product that's going to hit that point earlier than we expect and it's going to surprise us so i don't know what to make of that assumption but that is my hitch and i think that because you know we're seeing the boxes grow right now the loose cards are slowly declining and then the graded cards are holding steady because of the grading situation. Now, when they grade those cards again, like I said, the time to buy the graded ones will be three to six months after because you're going to see a flood of them. So that's that's pretty much like a guaranteed deal. I might look at buying them then. The loose cards, I think, are going to slightly go up because I think they're going to kind of meet in the middle. The graded cards are going to come down, say, like, 70%. The loose cards are going to go up like 10 to 20%. So they're not quite meeting in the middle because the graded cards are so inflated right now, but you get the idea. They're going to meet somewhere. So graded cards say, go down, loose cards go up, I think. Yeah, I would also say that if you are looking to pull the trigger on these promos, it is within the next few months. Because with CGC giving an update on them still not knowing, that gives you a, t- a couple months timetable of for sure knowing that they won't be grading them, yeah. keeping the value low. And 
the moment that's announced, I would almost expect to see an overnight increase. Yeah, I don't that's... want to say the percentage. I would say maybe even like you know fifty plus percent potentially almost overnight for once they announce that they can be graded. Yeah, that's why like it's just such a weird thing. The only thing I didn't mention is like the sealed boxes when that happens. Like I think those are gonna shoot up as well as like I think the boxes and the loose cards are gonna shoot up because so many people are like, okay, now I gotta get them so I can grade them real quick. But yeah, I think it's gonna be. It's going to be like a lightning reaction situation. Like graded cards are going to tank within 24 hours. Loose cards and boxes are going to skyrocket within 24 hours. But I think the boxes and loose cards will come back down. I don't know. There's just so many moving parts. The graded cards are, I think, going to like tank and then kind of taper off and stay there. The boxes and loose cards are going to like skyrocket, but then also come down and then steady out. (laughs) I don't know. It's just going to be a lot of moving parts and a lot of like knee jerk reactions. I just see because you're going to see another surge within the market. So that's, I mean, if you're trying a way of trying to find steals and good, good bets, I think these are definitely a good, a good path to choose, especially with, with hit their price. They're only about a hundred bucks, and they're—I mean—they're they're great looking. They absolutely are. They're—they're they're gorgeous. It's just don't expect to have—you know—don't expect to be able to make money off it immediately. But I do believe it can be a situation where you could turn a profit on it, and you could see it within the next year, even. Yeah. But it's all speculatory. All speculatory. We can't guarantee that. Yeah, it's just uh, never been seen before. Such a unique situation. And uh, mm-hmm. basically, if I had a graded copy, I would be trying to time this grading solution and try to sell it like before that. Um, if it's been two months since this latest announcement, like you said, I'd be getting antsy and I would probably sell it because any day I would think they could announce it. Uh-huh. But... Yeah, like a month after the last announcement that they have no solution would be when I'd be itching to sell. I'd be nervous that they would announce, like, we are now grading them. Because if you're holding on to these thinking they're going to be, unless you have a 10, which you don't, like you're not going to have a 10, but a a 9 I think is going to be very plentiful. So if you have a 9, I would sell it ASAP, honestly. Well, even a 10, I mean, they're going to tank too. So you could sell it. Like I was thinking about doing with the EV Heroes box, the reprint, like sell it and then buy it back. But, you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, but you mentioned also the EV Hero box. and What's your hot take on it? One minute. So I got one minute. So I think that I don't think it's going to get a reprint with the EV Heroes boxes i think they're just doing the booster boxes i don't think they're going to do this the special box however it has looks like it has slipped a little bit in price almost overnight they were like pushing almost 700 but now i'm seeing some that you can get between five and 600 which is kind of where it's been the last uh, few months from what i've seen but the moment that they announced the the reprint and there is no reprint of the box that makes it an even safer bet that it will continue value because 
yes, some of the value of the box is in the booster boxes, and that was part of the why you were seeing the increase of the box so, so rapidly. But it's not exclusively in the booster boxes because it also has the SB on VMAX all-top promo. And those are going for like 175 200 when I looked at it just a few days ago. So, and that's the only way you can get that promo on the Japanese side. Mm -hmm. So it will hold value because of that. Now, if they decide to reprint it, which we thought would never be a thing with EV Heroes, it is a possibility with, with a box. But I still no that it won't be reprinted, but it's not no longer a confident no. Yeah. And I believe you might see a dip in the box, which I'm, I'm contemplating buying potentially another one of those as well. But you could also see an increase if you, a little bit after that because that means there's going to be, you know, there's only a finite amount of those boxes available and they're not going to be more. And the boxes are still going to be ripped open. All the boxes that they're going to make it's going to be burned through pretty quick because EV Heroes was such a great set to open, and it is a, it will continue to be a great set to open. So yeah. I think, again, long-term, it's still a, a good bet. It's just, as you mentioned before, there's a lot of variables at play, which you now have to consider if you're going to buy it. Yeah. Yeah, I pretty much agree. It's like, all right, my my quick take is that, you know, it's... It's a special box. Usually special boxes in the past have been pretty good. Usually the promos in the box are unique, like the Mario special box had the, the Mario, and the there was a Mimikyu special box. There's the Poncho special boxes. So that's where my initial thought was for the Eevee Heroes box. But I also had in the back of my mind that Japan has the Japan market nailed down to a T, up until the recent events of the craze and they have never like they straight up made a statement to the japanese people like we are sorry about ev heroes we will reprint it again and it's essentially saying like you know the americans like caught them off guard and everyone else in the world you know they just bought up ev heroes they were not expecting the surge of japanese product which no one could have predicted. But like you said, it is such a great set. Evolving Skies is a great set. It's just a little bogged down by the extra stuff, you know, that you get with the English set. But EV Heroes, it's like the best of Evolving Skies stripped down, and it's just the best product. The only well, other thing I could say about it is like with the promo, it's... A lot of the value in the box is the fact that there's two booster boxes in it, which you usually don't see with a special box. A lot of the value of the special boxes are from the promos themselves. And with the Espeon not being a super unique promo, meaning like you can get it in the English set, that is like one downside to the product. So I think a lot of the value is just in the set itself. And since the set itself is seeing a reprint, I think we'll see these come down in the near future with that, but not that much. And I think there's still a good long-term hold because of the box art and the promo and just the set itself. Like I would, 
if you're not into EV heroes, I would like look into getting boxes if you like the set. Because for the long term, no matter what, reprints or not, the set is going to be good. Yeah, I mean, I still think there's value to the box itself because as far as special boxes, it's probably the best artwork or definitely up there for the best artwork that they've ever made for these for these special boxes. Yeah. So that's that's a variable that must be considered as well. And yeah, see, I think even though there's an English variant for the set card for the for the SPN Alt Art VMAX, I still believe there's value because of that. I'm not saying it's the same as, say, like the pretend Pikachu boxes or the Mario and Luigi boxes. Nowhere close. Yeah. But you've seen the, you've seen the difference between the Umbreon VMAX Alt Art, the Japanese variant, compared to the English variant. So having that scarcity difference is still a factor for the price. And I still believe people will still desire that promo. And that card, because it is Espeon. However, if you go in the artwork yeah, itself, it's a, it's a so, yeah, it's a solid artwork also. But I wouldn't say it's top tier, like S tier artwork for all arts. I wouldn't say that. I would say it's like the level below that, in my opinion. Yeah, it's just weird. Like all the other special boxes, like ninety five percent of the value has been in the promo only, and like this one, it's like sixty to seventy percent you know, contents being booster boxes and then like 30, 20 to 30% being the promo. So it's got a lot of factors going for it as well. But yeah, I think over the last two years, those are the two main products that are kind of in focus for like, you know, us who have been in it for a little while. But uh, yeah, (laughs) I thought about selling mine just to buy it back but it's like it's not i think it's just not going to be worth it all the work i'd rather you know i believe in this product long term so i'm just going to kind of ignore the noise and just hold yeah i'd say i i as i just moved i said i buried all the boxes i have with the uh all my pokemon stuff in it It has a sealed ev heroes booster boxes and uh miracle twin booster boxes the ev heroes booster uh gem box and it's just at the, at the bottom of my closet, pretty much, in totes that have set silicone gels that seal tight. So, and just I'm just not going to look at them. I'm just going to forget about them and not think about them and start a new tote for anything modern I might buy. Yeah. And gonna, it's going to be another tote here, too. <laughs> I'm going to say it's going to fill up a lot slower, though, because I'm going to be more selective. But I'm probably, I am going to, since I have that Tenzo account, I am going to try to get some EV Heroes booster boxes for cheap to Japanese Pokemon Center when when they become available. Yeah, it's uh, it's just a good set. Just speaking of that Ultimate Premium Collection, like what you just said, the, uh, you know, it being such a good box and the storage box, I mentioned I put some packs in there. I filled it with like Evolving Skies and Celebrations booster packs, like packs that I would love opening. 20 years down the road when I forget that they're stashed away in there. So I have it full of like just packs that I just threw in there. Like this will be fun to open down the road. Yeah, I should, I, I have a few VMAX Climax I use as the first 10. So order. And I bought like, I don't know how three, how many, but I just went ahead and opened three just to, and of course I was reminded again why the Japanese product is so much better to open <laughs> yeah. pretty quickly. Um, but then I just put the the rest away, and it's the same concept. 
and I'm going to continue doing that and be like, oh, look at this. I forgot I had these. I do want to open an EV Heroes booster box because I just feel like I believe in it so much that like I still haven't opened one just because I don't buy modern, but I'm going to have to buy one just for the fun. It's definitely great to open if you just get one or two. Uh, yeah, I regret buying as many as I did and opening as many as I did, but I'm glad I kept a few sealed. Yeah. Well, this might be our longest episode yet, but when we've had episodes in the past, like I was kind of starting to worry about time, but I'm like, you know what? I think this episode's going to be so good that we just need to keep it all. Before, we've like looked at stuff to cut, but... I don't know about you, but for this one, I really don't care. <laughs> I said the only thing is maybe the, the the news part. I don't know if this will be included into the thing or not, or into the yeah. episode or not. But maybe the CGC part went on too long. But yeah, let us know what you think. If it's a, uh, we'll keep it all if if you guys like this episode. But I think it's good stuff. I think this is the, you know. I'd say a clickbaity topic on like, is it time to buy? But not really because people just generally love just to hear conversation about, you know, thoughts of different products and what they should do. I mean, people are thinking these things constantly. So that's what I like listening to. So I hopefully you guys will enjoy this as well. But with that, I say I think it's also great. I say I think it's also great because we're talking about some defining aspects of this era, and whenever you're looking back at eras in Pokemon, I I like really looking back because it's the history of of it and learning about that era through the card artwork is is very entertaining to me, and this is just an extension of that. And we still need to do about eras and promos, like the the eras and promos and. Uh, to discuss the importance of those promos in, in the hobby. And just the fact that we were able to touch on it a little bit from the metal cards to the EV Heroes box to the, uh, what was the other one? Oh, yeah, the the, the Celebration Produce, Special Delivery Pikachu, the World Tournament promos, all those. Yeah. It'll have to be a week that we have free. Like, we're kind of busy this summer with everything, but... This month is going to be very busy for us, but yeah. yeah. So we'll we'll plan that one out a little more. And I'm sure we'll have we should do an episode like a year and two years and three years down the road of us reacting to this episode to see how right or wrong we were. <laughs> but uh yeah. We'll uh that'll be a fun one too. Yeah. But yeah, let's jump in. So I guess this will save time, but I'm pretty much gonna skip my question because a lot of it it was a question geared towards the metal cards and like what you know your thoughts were when they opened up for grading but i think we covered that pretty well so let's just uh, stick with your question for this section and then i'll just jump into the game okay um with pokemon like charizard and other kanto pokemon consistently receiving cards and new sets do we run the risk of kanto oversaturation and what other gen mons would you like to see more of I I don't think we run the risk. I think it's already happened. <laughs> I think it's it's uh definitely happened for me anyways. Um you see it in Pokemon Go, you see it in Pokemon sets, you see it in reprint sets. Um you know, we saw it in um 
what was the set called? Generations and then evolutions and then celebrations. It's like just constantly every time there's an event or like a throwback, it's it's Gen One. <laughs> we're seeing a six yeah, we're seeing a six year anniversary of Pokemon Go and we it's all about Gen One. All about Charizard having a little party hat. You know, Gen 1 yeah. and then Charizard specifically. I mean, it's no surprise that we just have saturation of Charizard especially. Just look at the TCG sets. Mm. Um, you know, they could have just made a Metal Pikachu. He's the mascot. But no, nah, they had to do Charizard too. <laughs> you know. So it's just a little too much um which i get it almost it sells but yeah yeah i don't know especially with the tcg i don't really care too much about go like in go it's like it's almost nostalgic for me like that is kind of what i want is like gen one stuff but it is annoying that you having to compete to get this other stuff but in the tcg specifically for me you know just being nostalgic about other eras, like I would wish they had a throwback. Just having the Mew level X or Mew Two level X and celebrations, like I want a whole set, like you know, bringing back the level X cards. So, but that's not what sells. I would just say I would like to see just different Pokemon in general give the time a shine. Like this, mail cards is a very unique, and they haven't done before, and. I would like to see them do a special thing like that every so often as well. But what do you do for, for, for those cards? And I would personally think Pokemon like, for example, Swampert. Greenwich is already getting love. And you could argue, like, ahead had the promo. And you could argue they could try to go that route a little bit. But there are a lot of Pokemon, especially in Gen 3, that get overshadowed. And Gen 3 is one of the best generations ever. Yeah. Hands down. And it's consistently being overshadowed by the first two generations, and it's undeservingly so. Yes, Rayquaza gets a lot of attention, but what about Kyogre? What about Grudon? Like, I was, I was looking at it uh, with uh, Swampert, even. Like, seeing Swampert's card history... Is honestly almost embarrassing. There is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen cards released in the history of of Go or not Go, but for Pokemon for TCG, and several of them are promos. Mm-hmm. And obviously Charizard's a lot different. And you look at it, and there's there's some cool artwork, and it's in fact it went from so XY promos. Celestial Storm, and his Fomper wasn't printed after Celestial Storm until Fusion Strike. Just as just as an example, like Blaziken gets a lot of love. Yeah, but I do like Blaziken a lot. But Sceptile's been overlooked, and same with Kyogre. Obviously, Kyogre has some. Has, they have the Legend cards. They do have some good cards. They got a cool Mega EX. But well, yeah, they they've had love like. Especially with Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire when all those came out. Yeah. Like they're still kind of lacking, but I mean, there's stuff that's been even lower than that that kind of deserve it too. Like, I mean, Sceptile hasn't been printed since Lost Thunder. Yeah. Its last card was a rainbow, Secret Rare. 
I would there. almost like it to be totally random. Like every single Pokemon gets the same amount of love, like down to Caterpie. Like if we had, if they like literally took the Pokemon dice and rolled it based on like, you know, I know that's never going to be a thing because I have to think about playability for the game. But even if they had a pool, like, okay, they made the Pokemon that they want in the set. Let's take a dice and roll to see who gets the alt art. Like that would be really cool to me. Like I would want a far-fetched alt art that just has amazing artwork. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I don't... it would just be like so cool just to, you know. And I would like it. Well, I was, I was gonna say I would like like a, a Spenda alt art. Yeah, because you know there's like a million of them, technically or something like that. Uh, I've seen go. There's only like eight or there's like nine or something like that. But just imagine an alt art that has dozens of different spindas that you can decipher, and you see some of the top ones front and center. And I think that'd just be amazing. Yeah, like instead of numbered cards, they could do like spinda variants. Yeah, they could do variants or something. But I hope they don't go that route because then you're talking like you know, cards becoming stupidly expensive. Yeah, but, I don't see them going that route anytime soon. But, I mean, yeah, it's like, given the variety we see in the alt arts, like, just imagine if that's applied to everything. Mm. Like, I eventually, at one point, I want to go back through all the sets and buy the artworks that I love all the way down to the common cards. It's going to be, I'm going to be real selective of them and maybe do like one card for each set. But yeah, I just like want the variety. But yeah, it's a good question though. Speaking of, uh, this is throwing back to our news with PSA, but as of recording this, PSA has just changed the name of Ludkin's Collectibles to PSA UK on the Facebook group. <laughs> so I, I got that. I got that. Notification, yeah. Uh, yeah, as well. So as we were talking about it, I'm sure it was right around that time. But uh, yeah, with all that. Oh, there's there's actually one more thing I wanted to say with yeah. the. Uh, so my opinion about the oversaturation, I've actually come to. I guess there's no other way to put it. Despise Charizard, in a lot of ways because how much they hammered it down into these sets. And then yeah. people are like, oh, Charizard, Charizard, Charizard. I get You're it. I'm, the best. <laughs> I'm starting to feel it too. <laughs> I only still like him because of the value factor. But yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't like collecting Charizards. Like I like no. base set, but I mean, I don't really care about all these new Charizard cards at all. The only other no, one man. I would think of is like Evolutions, just because it's iconic to the the hobby, but. Yeah, I really don't care about the alt art Charizard or anything. I was gonna say Charizard was probably my favorite as a kid, one hundred percent. I I would I would admit that, and either that one or Mewtwo. And I mean, I loved it because of the show, but that changed throughout time, and now it's gotten to the point because if it's been oversaturated it's just kind of making it to where it's everything's charizard and it be- becomes we become desensitized to it in a lot of ways i feel like yes those collectors yeah. which are a lot of charizard collectors will continue to buy 
but you're getting a larger percentage of the community just kind of beginning to eye roll every time they throw a Charizard, like having two two more Charizards than the, the Ghost set. Yeah, here we go again, Charizard. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it, it all comes down to artwork for me. Like, even with the alt arts, I could care less of what the Pokemon is. I just want good art. And if that's a Caterpie or if it's the Umbreon, like, I'd pick based off that. But uh, that's how I am with a lot of cards, and I'm kind of weird with the style that I like. But I guess we should hop into the game. I guess it wouldn't be a uh, topic change if I didn't say, with that, going into the game. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, let's... uh, Going to be a... Flavor text once again. We're gonna have to think of another game to kind of spice it up, but I like this one quite a bit. Um, there's not really much you can do on an audio podcast for games no. that's not like trivia or anything. Yeah. But uh, yeah, what you got for me? So I got born deep underground. It comes above ground and becomes a pupa once it has finished eating the surrounding soil. And it becomes a what? Koopa. Koopa or Hoopa? Hoopa. P U P A. Do you not know what that is? Is it a uh, it's a larvatar? <laughs> yeah, I got that was too easy. I was worried. I was worried. I I I, uh, I was almost gonna do a Tyrantar. I thought it'd be a little little better, but it was more ambiguous. Uh, yeah, it's the larvatar holding the golden raz with the <laughs> Pokemon Go set. I thought you would. Uh, I thought maybe you think it'd be a bug or something, but the poopa kind of. I was thinking away. that. Then I was like, "Wait!" Like I knew what the poopa was, but I didn't know. Like I know it's such a weird term you never hear. But yeah, I was thinking no, of don't. like uh, becoming a cocoon or something. Yeah, exactly. So I thought you might be able to think it's like a wormhole or or something. But yeah, other than pupitar, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought of first too. Yeah. All right, nailed that one. Yeah, it's probably not going to be as lucky for me, I'm sure. Probably not. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a very common Pokemon, especially in okay. relation to your question, but it's odd. So, it lashes about with its tail to knock down its foe when it tears up the fallen opponent with its sharp claws. With a, its tail... Or I guess it, I almost, it then tears up its fallen opponent with its sharp claws. Well, it's not oddish. I thought you were giving me a hit when you said it's odd. <laughs> yeah, thinking too hard with that. Uh, yeah, I, I probably. Let's see. It lashes about with its tail to knock down its foe. It then tears up the fallen opponent with its sharp claws. It's a description that has, you know, description. Is it a nine tails? No. It has descriptive features in that thing, but it's like you would think they would be describing something else instead. Is it a tentacruel? No. It is Gen 1. I'll give you that. Is it because I thought that because technically it's like tentacles, but you can kind of maybe say it's tails. And I think it, tentacle has claws on it with those 
Yeah, it's got like beaks or pincers, but not tentacle. No, Firo doesn't have a tail. Is it Raichu? It is not. Mm. It is a reprint in a set, but the set is not a reprint set itself. Getting into some riddling. <laughs> Let me give you one more hint. Is it an Onyx? It is not. No, Onyx doesn't have claws, mouthing and teeth. Right. Uh, it is a it is a Gen One starter line. That's gotta be Charm Charmander, right? Charmeleon. <laughs> it is a Charmeleon. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's. I was gonna say another hint. It's kind of the odd stepchild of a very popular <laughs> line. I figured yeah, I that'd be a good one to pick with your question, but it was kind of hard. I knew well. You, I knew it was a Kanto one because it goes with your question. So that made me realize it was obviously Kanto. But I was thinking too literal when it came to tail. I, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, you would think it would describe, you know, its flaming tail like it does on every other description. But that is actually the Stormfront reprint that was a base set Charmeleon reprint with a different artwork and a hollow card. But it is different from the base set description. So the base set description is when it swings its burning tail, it raises the temperature to unbearably high levels. So, yeah, you know, they gave homage to the tail in the description. So it was a little easier in that description, but they did change the description for the Stormfront opposed reprint. So I don't know why they did that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I guess we should wrap this thing up. We are going pretty long. You have to let us know what you guys think of the timing, but I think this is one of the better episodes we did. Like, I just think the open discussion about a topic is the best conversation piece, and, you know, the runtime has kind of proved that. But uh, Yeah, I think it's more involved in terms of the conversation, and it's more... I don't want to say heated, more passionate. More genuine. Yeah, more organic and all that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was a good talk. Let us know what you guys think. We'll let you know about the next topic somehow. Um, We are kind of busy. That's why we kind of pre-recorded this a little early. Um, But, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. And we'll see you in episode 12.